Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Wow, 126 episodes. I can't even imagine so many episodes. (laughs) If I think back of all the ones I did, and all the people that I've talked to, and all the topics that I've talked about, it really surprises me. If I had gone back at the beginning and thought that I would do so much, I don't think I would have been able to really imagine that. I'm very proud of this podcast. It's small, it's little, but I love it, and I love doing it every week. This week is kind of a big week for me in many ways. It is the 16th anniversary of my sobriety, my birthday, as I like to call it. We in recovery call it our birthday because it's our new beginning. It's our rebirth as a sober thinking person, shall we say, rather than the person who was sleeping in our addictions. So that's a really big part of this week. I mean, that's a huge, that's the biggest part of the week. I'm not going to discount that at all because that is enormous. It's also another big part of the week is the Saturday I am going to volunteer at a race, a real race, a real race with people. Yay! I can't run, but I can be there and just be around the people that I haven't seen for over a year and just have a good time because it's going to be fun. So I will talk about that next week, and I'll share all kinds of stories about that. So that will be really cool, and I'm excited about that. I can't do a lot of the volunteer races because, unfortunately, many of the dates that Coastal Trail Runs are having races are on Saturdays. I'm working, so I can't do a lot of them, but I'm going to do as many as I can because I really miss races. And even if I can't run, I want to be there. I miss the culture. I miss socialization of races. So I definitely want to be a part of it. And when I can start running again, oh, I'm going to do tons of them. (laughs) I hope anyway. I really, really hope. Not knowing of what it's going to be like after my surgery is, is kind of tough. It's hard to wrap my head around that. It really is hard to know, well, what is it going to be like? Am I going to be able to run or am I just going to have to be walking? Because I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like at all. Sorry for the raspy voice. It's kind of early here. But I do know that I'm not going to have pain 24-7. I do wake up in the middle of the night with my leg and hip hurting, so I have to turn over whatever side I'm on and and switch around and go back to sleep. It's not a lot of fun. All right, about 16 years sobriety. The longest relationship I ever had was with alcohol. It started with kind of a flirtation, I would say, when I was about 14. The first time I remember trying alcohol and enjoying it was when I was 14. At least I remember anyway, when I was 14, was at my sister's first wedding. We had the reception at our house. There was cheap champagne 
And I remember sneaking a glass for myself and feeling a little buzzy. And I liked it. I liked the feeling. I really enjoyed it. And I liked the taste of champagne. I remember thinking, okay, this is pretty nice. And after that, I remember my my parents never drank much. They were teetotalers. They might have, my dad would have a glass of scotch on the rocks before dinner. And that was all he that he would have. And my mom hardly ever drank. She may, would maybe have a glass of Tyrolia wine once a week. Yeah, that's all she would have. You remember that stuff that came in a big jug? Tyrolia wine. <laughs> that picture of Swiss made with the mountains of Switzerland in, in the background on the label. Came in a green jug and she used to keep it in the fridge. And I would try a glass of that. And that was, I didn't like that very much. It was pretty bad. I guess that even at an early age, I kind of had a snooty taste for alcohol. <laughs> no, I was not a cheap drunk. I did not like cheap alcohol very much. I liked the more expensive stuff. <laughs> you don't have to like cheap alcohol to be an alcoholic. You can like the more expensive alcohol. Really, you can. I would go to a friend's house. Their parents were teetotalers and would have liquor cabinets. So we would like once in a while, like sneak a little of, of the vodka or something and like water it down. <laughs> swear to God, we would. <laughs> we wouldn't do that too much. My real drinking started when I was 18. I, I didn't do a whole lot of partying or anything before then. I, I just I was a pretty good kid. I pretty much stuck to myself and, and was pretty quiet. But when I was 18, I actually got friends. <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot of friends before I was 18. I was pretty much a loner. Uh, but I actually got friends at 18, and they were a little bit more worldly as far as things go. We partied, and I finally found alcohol, and I drank more. I would drink too fast, and I would get sick. Because I didn't know how to handle things. I didn't know how to take things slow. I never took things slow. I would get sick a lot once in a while. And eventually over time, your body gets used to it so you don't get sick and your body takes the alcohol. So over time, over time and time and time, my body was able to drink more and I became just, I drank a lot. I never drank every day. I was never that kind of an alcoholic. I was what they call a binger. I would drink maybe on the weekends. That got worse and worse as time went on. I could skip drinking. I, I wasn't a really physically addicted to it or anything. But when I drank, I didn't know if I was going to have one beer or ten. I never really knew what I was going to do. And it just got worse and worse as time went on. My real drinking started at 18, and I decided I, I wanted to stop this nonsense at 46. So that's a long time. What really made me stop was I got bored with doing what I was doing. I got tired of it. I got tired of blackouts. I got tired of call, calling or emailing friends to see what I did wrong or how I embarrassed myself. I got tired of losing friendships. I lost a lot of friends over the years. I lost a lot of really good relationships with people. 
I lost so much as far as people and friendships. I have forgiven myself for that. So I I still kind of regret it because it, it happened, but I have forgiven myself. So I'm not punishing myself anymore or feel I feel bad about it because you're always going to feel bad about it. But there's nothing I can do about that now. I'm okay with it. I, I can live with it and it's 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 okay. I move forward and I don't do those kind of things anymore that I did when I drank. I try to treat people with respect and honesty and, and decency now. And I didn't always do that. So it's it's hard when your life is centered around alcoholism. <laughs> it just is because your thought process is different. Now it's not like that. Now my life is centered around thinking of others and trying to do the right thing and the best thing. And that's not how it is when you're an alcoholic or a drug addict. It definitely is not. You can pretend, you can fake it, but eventually the monster that is the addiction is going to come out. I hear sometimes, once in a while, that someone who maybe didn't have that big of an an addiction or didn't have that big of a problem say something like, well, I replaced my addiction with a running addiction, so now I'm addicted to running. Well, obviously, you you didn't have that big of an, an addiction because if you are addicted to running, then you don't know what an addiction really is. You don't understand what it is because an addiction is not a good thing and it's not a cute thing and it's not a funny thing. And I just don't like people using that term very loosely because whereas I was not physically addicted to alcohol, I certainly was maybe mentally. And when I became drunk as an alcoholic, I was not a nice person And if I treated running like I did as an alcoholic, I would be a horrible person as a runner. So I lost friends. I lost money. I lost, I didn't lose jobs. No, thank goodness. But I lost a lot of things. I lost self-respect. I lost many things as an alcoholic. And I would certainly hate to lose those same things as a runner. So maybe before... If you hear someone saying, I'm addicted to running, well, no, you're not. Are you losing your friends? Have you lost your family? Have you lost your home? Have you lost your job? Have you lost all your money? Have you lost all your self-respect? Well, then maybe you're not addicted to running. So let's not use that term. So I really strongly recommend not using the term so loosely because it means something to us who are in recovery. Yeah, I know you're trying to be cute, but... Is it really cute? <laughs> I don't think so. I I don't see it as cute. Maybe it's cute to you. It's not to me. <laughs> I've known too many people who are addicted to, who were addicted to heroin, who ripped me off, who died. I've I've lost a few friends to 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 heroin. So yeah, let no no, it's not really that cute. You know, when I was an alcoholic, when I was an active alcoholic, I'm still an alcoholic, I'm just in recovery. But when I was an active alcoholic, I did run. 
I didn't stop alcoholism and start running. I ran when I was drinking. Sometimes I ran and drank at the same time. Sometimes I ran when I was hungover. Oh my gosh. I remember running a half marathon, the California half marathon. No, 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 no. Sorry. The Golden Gate half marathon in Golden Gate Park. I remember running that and was a, was a Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. I was hungover. I hurt so bad. I remember one year I had to hurl three times during that race. And thank goodness it was in Golden Gate Park so I could sneak off in the bushes and hurl three times. Oh, my gosh. I was hurting so bad. It took me so long to finish. This was in the days. This was in the 90s. I think this was around like 90. Oh, when was this? 94? No, 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 no. 93. This was 93. 93. I remember I I had to walk a lot, and it was really slow. So I finished within the time, but they ran out of medal. So I didn't even get a medal. I got a shirt, and I didn't get a medal. This was back in the day when they didn't have that many medals for participants you to finish pretty fast to get one. And I didn't get one. And I didn't care. I just wanted to get it over with. It was it was a day of pain. It was so painful that day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> God, I was in such pain. I finished it. Oh, I think I went home and passed out. I didn't even care about the football game. <laughs> it was like, oh gosh, I just want to go home and die. So that was fun. There were plenty of days where I drank while I ran. I did that every, we did that every year for Beta Breakers. That was pretty fun. And then we would, they, of course, they had a big party afterwards. And, and I will have one show of the history of Beta Breakers. I'll do that one time. And it used to be fun. It used to be a different race than it is now. It's not the same now as it used to be. It, the 80s and early 90s were the best time for the Beta Breakers. That was really, really fun. The 80s were, were just a hoot when it was just a very small amount of us. And we you, you really, really wanted to run well to get in the top 10,000 because your name got in the paper. And then afterwards, you would be at, at the polo fields, and there would be a big Budweiser truck there, and you'd get free beer, get a cup of free beer, and you go to all the vendors and get free food. So you had your breakfast and your beer, and then they would have a band. And once in a while, they'd have good music. Like Ray, Ray Charles was there one year, and then... Smash Mouth was there another year or so. Sometimes not great music, <laughs> but sometimes really good music. So it was kind of cool. That was a fun time. That was a good race. That was a highlight of my running at that time because I was not doing trails. I didn't start doing trails till a few years ago. I was street runner only for most of my life. And then I started finding trails just recently because of a friend of mine introduced me. Yeah, I was a total only streets. I didn't even realize you could run on trails. I know, I was like so blind to that. But I discovered them. Still do streets on, on weekdays mostly, and weekends I do trails. Because I don't have a car, so I get out there when I can. And I will after when I can run again, obviously. I did do a few Hashound Harriers runs, which is another, uh, it's, they're called a drinking club with a running problem is what they call themselves. So yeah, I've done them before. That was fun. 
if you if you do enjoy running and drinking at the same time, that's kind of a fun group. But uh, yeah, I obviously wouldn't do that again. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Becoming sober opened doors for me. It, it made me realize that I'm a pretty good person and that I deserve respect and I should respect myself and I, sh- I deserve love for myself. And I didn't always think that. I didn't always think that I was that good of a person. Now I know that I was wrong and I know that I need to take care of myself and to look out for myself and I work the steps weekly. I don't go to meetings. I did go to AA meetings the first year. The first year of my sobriety, I went to meetings weekly, sometimes two and three a week. So I did faithfully go, and I did have a sponsor. Um, not the greatest sponsor in the world, I have to say, but she was okay. So I did go to meetings. Then after a year, I just... I wasn't getting anything out of it, so I stopped going to meetings, but I still read the big book, and I still work the steps, and I really recommend it to anyone trying to find sobriety. I think that the big book and AA really have an amazing program, and I love them very much, and I respect them very much, and the steps still work for me, so I, I do believe in them very, very much. I know there's other programs, and if they work for you, that's awesome. I can't take that away from you, and I think just keep doing it. Whatever works for you, if it works, do it. That worked for me. I love being sober. I can't think of going back to alcohol or or the or the casual drugs that I did do. I, I wasn't really into them. I was more into just booze. I just can't ever think of drinking booze again. It's not part of my life. Now, coffee, I'm never giving up, so don't even think about that. I love my coffee. I'm not giving that up. I have two cups a day in the morning, and I just, uh uh-uh, no, no way. I am not giving that up. Don't even think about that. (laughs) But, but, yeah, alcohol, nope, I'm not drinking that again. That's, no, 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 no. I just, I love my sober life. I love not ever having to think of of having a hangover ever again in my entire life. I love the fact that I don't even remember what it feels like to have a hangover. And I love the fact that my self-respect is, for the most part, intact. That's a good feeling. It really is a good feeling. If you want to become sober, if you are struggling with alcohol or substance abuse, if you want some help, I am here for you. I really am. You can email me at martharunstheworld at gmail.com, and I will will be very happy to help you. I really am. So just you can email me. You can find me on Facebook. You can actually message me through through the group, through the Martha Runs the World group or the page on Facebook. Really, reach out because I will be there for you, okay? 
And now, now my weekly feature where I talk about the news and what's going on in the running world, or at least I talk about some part of what's going on in the running world, Tales of the Trail. welcome to this week's tale of the trail I have a couple stories for you actually there's a few things in the news but i'll just stick to, stick to a couple stories timothy olson is going to try his attempt at the fastest known time for the pacific crest trail the 2650 mile uh, pacific crest trail start uh runs from the california to the mexico border all the way up to the washington canada border his goal is to break the current fastest known time of 52 days. He is going to do that. And I'll put a link in the website if you want to follow his progress. Outside Magazine is doing that for him, so that's kind of cool. He Right now, if I'm looking at the website, he is in the Mojave Desert, so it's kind of cool. All right, budget cuts forced the Quebec... 2021 City Marathon to cancel. So uh, Guestef Events and the Quebec Running Events Corporation announced Thursday that the annual Quebec City Marathon has been canceled. So it's supposed to take place from October 1st, 3rd of this year, but it's going to be canceled. So hopefully maybe in 2021, they are assured that it will take place in 2022. And now in other news, I wonder if the Japan Olympics are going to take place. They only have an eight and a half percent vaccination rate there. And that's not, I mean, that's lower than Rhodesia, for goodness sake. So I just wonder if they're going to be canceled. So I, I don't know. That's just a guess on my part, just a guess. So we'll just see, we'll just see, see and, and wonder about that. And we'll just Sit, stay in our seats and see what's going on with that. But I would not be surprised if the Olympics in Japan later this summer were canceled. That would not surprise me at all. So you heard it here, okay? 8.5% vaccination rate is abysmal. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. All right. So that is it for Tales of the Trail. And we'll back to the show. I I really don't think that the Olympics in Japan are going to happen. I'm just wondering if they do. They might. And if they do, you can say, Martha, you were wrong. I've been wrong many times before. This would not be the first time. And I don't mind being wrong. I really don't. That's fine. I just, uh, that 8.5% just, ugh, dear, dear, dear. All right, that is it for my show, and I really thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for being here with me. 
Is it me or is it just the pollen and hay fever is bad right now? Oh my goodness, I am just congested all the time. All right, I have a YouTube channel and I put out a broadcast every week. So if you want to check it out, go to it's Martha Hughes, Martha Runs the World, and you can check it out right on YouTube. It comes out new every Monday. So look out for that. And if you want to check out the website, and I will have links for the Timothy Olson as he tries to set the fastest known time. If you want to give on Patreon, and I would love it if you did become a Patreon patron, just give a couple bucks every month would be awesome. And you get extra episodes. I put out an extra episode every other week. That is MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to email me, it's MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And thank you so much for being a listener. I really appreciate it. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.